shut up. I'm listening to the next English podcast. You're listening to the next English podcast, a podcast for English learners at B1, B2, and C1 levels. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Zdenek's English Podcast. I'm your host, Zdenek, and you're listening to my podcast. How are you doing, everyone? As always, I've got a very interesting guest, and today it's none other than Claire. Hi, Claire. Hello. How are you doing, Zdenek? Okay. I'm, I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good yeah. to have you on the podcast, Claire, and you will be surprised, but you're not the first Claire... Uh, on this podcast, <laughs> there are two. Have... Re- Sorry, there are yeah, two regular. Ah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm curbing my enthusiasm. Please feel free to speak. <laughs> so it's all right. I, I I won't edit this out. This is interesting. I like it. I like this. I like this start. It's a very positive start. I like it. I just wanted to say, I. It's probably very unimportant, but, um, for for. For this podcast, it's interesting that your third Claire appearing on this podcast. <laughs> We've got one American Claire who is sort of a regular. Uh, that her name is spelled C L A I R E, and then there's one British Claire that is spelled C L A R E. So which one is you? <laughs> I'm also without the I, so C L A R E. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> whenever, whenever Claire appears on this podcast, we always have to get this out of the out of the way. Yeah, so. you do. Yes, people get quite <laughs> upset about it for some reason. <laughs> uh, do you mean when it, when your name is Claire, or yes, I mean when it's misspelled. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I can't possibly get this wrong because, uh, as I said, I've had um, two different Claires on the podcast. They have all explained this to me. They've both explained yeah. this to me already. So I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Good. Yeah. So, so I assume if 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 you are without I, that means you're the British. You are British, Claire, as as well. That's right. That's right. But I believe that the name is originally French. Ah. Yeah. It's uh, it comes originally from France. My 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 dad was a real Francophile, mm. and uh, and he uh, he he liked the name. And uh, when I was born, there weren't that many Claire's around. It was quite an unusual name then. It's become mm-hmm. much more popular since. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. So, Claire, where are you from in England? Uh, oh, well, uh, I'm originally from uh, Yorkshire in the north of England. This is, uh, for, for those of you who don't know about Yorkshire, it's the biggest county in England Mm-hmm. And it's a very proud county. We're, we're sort of like the Texans of uh, of England or the Bavarians of Germany. <laughs> uh, we're, we're very sort of patriotic, uh, very sort of plain speaking and uh, down to earth. That's how we see ourselves anyway. Uh, and uh, and if you're from the south, then uh, Yorkshire is, is sort of um, really country bumpkin stroke industrial uh, territory so uh, you, you you tend to get looked down on um, mm. so are you, are you considered a redneck by the, by the, by the southerners yes, yes. Uh, I, I sort of got away with it because I spent so much time in the south of England but uh, I'm a sort of honorary southerner I think in mm-hmm. the eyes of some some southerners uh, I, I don't have much of a, a Yorkshire accent but I have enough for a middle-class southerner to recognize that I'm not southern. But but right now you seem to be talking in RP. So is or are there yeah. some are there any hints of um uh well in are, in in the north of England people have slightly different pronunciation. Uh so for example instead of saying bus they may say bus. Yeah. Or um so there's a kind of o sound instead of yeah. a. Uh, that kind of thing. And um, m- most of my, I mean, when I go home to Yorkshire, my accent becomes more pronounced. I think that's, it mm-hmm. often happens, doesn't it? Yep. It's the same everywhere. Um, but because I'm a teacher, I think my pronunciation is quite RP, really. Mm. Mm. And, um, you know, and I, I like to be 
intelligible. <laughs> <laughs> to be <laughs> honest, <laughs> wonderful. But to be honest, on this podcast, we we like a, any any kind of accents as long as they yeah. are in, intelligible. So we yeah. have had some people from Northern Ireland, from Scotland. Right. We have had. Right. Actually, I think that the episode before you is with uh, a Scouser. So, oh, a Scouser is great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, there are a couple of accents in the UK that are really tr difficult, even for native speakers. Mm -hmm. I would say one was the Geordie accent. In oh, the yeah. Country. Oh, <laughs> I used to have a friend. Yeah. 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 I mean, From, it's different words for things. And the other, From, of course, is Glaswegian. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. There's a famous famous video about that as well. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I had yeah. a builder, a Glaswegian builder. Yeah. Jordi accent. I always wanted to get this friend of mine onto the podcast from Newcastle, but she she's shy. Like she she whenever like because I I got to know her at a summer camp in Wembley, mm -hmm. and uh, she's very funny and she's this kind of entertainer. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to um, doing things online, she she tends to be very shy she doesn't want to be seen online right. you know, so, and heard so it's a real shame because I really I, I have to say the first time I heard her I had no idea like what she what she was saying <laughs> no. no idea sure. but uh, but but you do get used to it though you get you get oh, used totally. to it totally yeah yes I mean um, I was at I was at university in Durham which isn't far from there and I got used to it like uh uh, there are things they say that are completely different. Like, I don't know, is why a different name on? I mean, I mean, you know, that could be a different language, couldn't it? Why a different name on? You know, <laughs> and they have this kind of sing-songy thing going on at the end. And okay. a toilet, a toilet is a netty, a netty. So they have this kind mm. of glottal stop. Glo uh, glottal stop, yeah. But the thing yeah. is, like, you have got gl glottal stop all over the place. Like, you've got glottal glo glo Got a stop in in London, yeah. right? In it, yeah. in it, in it, in it, yeah. and all that, and yeah. all that. But but when it comes to Newcastle, it's like a com um, Geordie accent. It's a combination of that yeah. and and the intonation and the the, the vowel yeah. sounds are different, and it's just it's madness. Yeah. yeah. So yes is why I. <laughs> why I. Why I. <laughs> That's it's crazy. wonderful. I love it. They're <laughs> wonderful people. Absolutely lovely. They've got their own language and God bless them for it. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh so but but uh so you're from Yorkshire. So that's um that's on the east coast. That's on the east it coast is. of England. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. If you were looking at a map of the UK, it's sort of halfway between London and Scotland. Maybe a bit right. more than halfway. Uh, and uh, we've got a lovely coast line. Uh, and I was actually born on the coast in Scarborough. You may have heard of the song Scarborough Fair. It's a very okay. old folk song. When you say we're born on the coast, like literally on, on the coast, on the beach, somewhere on the beach well, there. Or... Uh, no, my mother <laughs> didn't give birth on the beach, but in a town that is on the coast. I've, I, I thought so much. I was just you know, silly, silly, <laughs> silly, silly joke. You know? <laughs> no, we did actually, she did actually manage to get to the maternity world. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank God, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, ex ex excellent. Um, so, um, just to give give my listeners a little bit of context, as you know, I do have another podcast which is seemingly unrelated to this podcast called Zden Zdenkov Chesky Podcast, and some of you are like, "What? What's that?" <laughs> That's because the the listeners are not necessarily. We, uh, I have two different podcasts, so the the only the only thing that sort of uh, connects these two podcasts it's me is me as the host. Other than that, the, the the other podcast is in Czech. This podcast is in English. The other podcast is for learners of Czech. This podcast is for learners of English. But why am I saying all this? <laughs> it's because last week, or was it actually two weeks ago, I had Claire. This Claire, you, <laughs> on the other podcast, yeah. So that's so. First, yeah. I interviewed you in Czech, yes. And and, and now listeners are like, what, what? <laughs> yes, yeah. because Claire's Czech is amazing. Claire, you have to explain to us how that all came about. <laughs> 
Well, thank you for saying it's amazing. I, I, it's a very flattering assessment. But anyway. It is an understatement. Understatement. <laughs> well, anyway, so the reason, the reason is that uh, in the year 1984, you know, the Orwell year, um, <laughs> I, I married a Moravian Czech and, uh, and came to live in Kiev in South Moravia. So it's about 60 kilometers from Brno. That's not Kiev. That's not Kiev in, in Ukraine. Not Kiev no. in Ukraine. Kiev yeah. with an O. Kiev. Okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. And uh, so and I've been living here on and off ever since. So we're talking 38 years now. It's, it seems incredible, but yes. And uh, so I had uh, five years of living under the former communist regime of Czechoslovakia, as it then still was. Um, then uh, I, uh, I continued from 1989 until 1998. Uh, so that's 14 years. Then I went to live in the UK. I got a job there. Mm -hmm. uh, but I always kept coming back. Um, my son uh, was born in 1993. So he's got dual nationality and he's bilingual. Um, and um, then I came back to work in at the Prague British School in 2007 until 2011. And that, since 2012, I've been working back in the UK. Uh, and I'm about to return, hopefully for good, in July of this year. So that's me back in the um, back in the in South Moravia again. So. Mm. When I first came to live here, um, which is, as I say, 38 years ago, I was the only Westerner in the whole county. Um, wow. So uh, it was quite a big deal. Um, well, it, was, it, it wasn't very common, right? Because it was no. during communism. It, did we no. used to call it Iron, Iron Curtain or something like that, right? Yeah. There, was, yeah. there was what's called Iron Curtain. So the world was divided. Yeah. Uh, anything, anything east of uh, the Ber Berlin Wall um, was pretty much different from what was uh, west of Berlin Wall, and people didn't really cross that wall much, right? No, no, <laughs> no. It was very unusual, and um, there were all sorts of restrictions, uh, mainly for people trying to get out, but even for people yeah. coming in to visit. Mm. So it was, uh, it was quite tricky. Um, and uh, uh, and people didn't people in the West didn't really understand what a beautiful country this is and 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 other countries that used to be in behind the Iron Curtain and uh, you know I was just amazed when I came here just at the beauty of the forests and the and the nature and everything and the, the even even the sort of dilapidated buildings still seemed very beautiful to me so. It was uh, it was great, you know. Um, you know, there were things that weren't so great, obviously. But <laughs> yeah. So I was I was. Uh, people used to point me out in the street in Kiel. <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah, so look, that's her. That's that English woman. You know. Did you did you did you look like? I mean, we see how you look now. Like for, to me, I don't. I'd, like you don't. How how do I know if you are English? Like how how did no. they know? They just, I don't know. They, they just... must have just met me at some point, and I can re I can remember because, of course, the Czechs had the Czechs then had quite fixed ideas about what English people ought to look like. Okay, yeah. And I can I can remember once driving back across the border at um, it would be uh, Mikulov, that sort of in the Bratislav sort of area, and. Um, mm. South, South, South Czech Republic, yeah, or so was, South yeah, Mars, yeah. Sort of, I can't remember what the name of the checkpoint was now, but it was that, down that way. And um, it was the middle of the night, like three o'clock in the morning, because we were in our old Škodovka 120. And, um, and this, this rather sort of grumpy old uh, passport control officer came staggering out of this house. And he looked at my passport and he, and he said, you're not. You're not English. <laughs> I'm sorry, what do you mean? <laughs> and he said, 
And he just said, he looked at me and he said, you look like a typical Moravian woman. <laughs> <laughs> was that, was that, did you find that insulting or, or, or was it? I was it good no to... idea. I, yeah, I okay. honestly don't. I didn't really want to protest under the circumstances, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh well, if he thinks I look like one of you, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. So, so you have. So this is really interesting. So you married. Um, I I can't say Czech because, as we know, Czech Republic. There's um, Bohemia, Moravia, and Silesia. Yes. And so, so, so you married a Moravian guy. Yeah. And it, it, it can be a little bit touchy when we say you married a Czech. So we can't say yes. that. So you have to say you married a Moravian. A Moravian from, or a Moravian Czech. A, a, yeah. a Moravian Czech, yeah. Yes. And, and uh, well, you might think, listeners, that I just, when I said that Claire's Czech is amazing, it's just we were exchanging pleasantries and all that. But no, it's actually true because... <laughs> It just, just if any of you can speak the language, if, if yeah, we we could have a quick conversation in Czech. I don't really do it here on this podcast, Claire. Okay. But uh, ahoj, jak se máš? Mám se dobře, děkuji. A co ty? Oh, super. Uh, co co si dělala dneska? Uh, dneska připravím výuku. Mám ve tři hodiny hodinu angličtiny. Děvčata mm. má z třetíku. Mm. You know that's. I think this is enough because you can say r and that's that, that's it you know like if yeah. you can say r then <laughs> Okay. It's now you you uh it's quite unusual for for a foreigner to to get to this level because it's the, it's a difficult language. Mm. It's a difficult language, yeah. yeah. So you must you must have really immersed in the culture, yeah, and uh, so um Yeah, I it's, did. It, it's 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 great. Yeah. I did, and I did it consciously, uh, in the sense that I I knew that if I was going to make a life here, I was going to have to just deep dive, and and also I think the other thing is you there's that very uncomfortable phase. I think especially if you're an adult, mm. where you just have to accept that you're going to make a complete idiot of yourself on a regular basis by mm. saying the wrong thing. And you've just got to say, right, well, that's the price I have to pay. Yeah, you have to embra embrace it. And, 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 totally. and the, the, the sooner it happens and the sooner you are okay with yourself yeah. be, being just okay and not perfect, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, more, yeah. um, the faster you make progress and, and yeah, everything is easier. Yeah. And, yeah. and also the other thing that makes it easier is that the Czechs are genuinely appreciative of anybody trying to learn their language. You know, mm. Not all nations are quite so generous. Hmm. Um, I find yeah, that it's often that. the case when it comes to like smaller nations. Obviously, we, yeah. we, are, we are not we're not that yeah. large, so it's it's nice when someone sort of uh, takes the yeah. initiate initiative yeah. or makes I, makes I the eff so. efforts to learn the language. You know, it's yeah, and it, yeah. and it is such an incredibly rich language. There's just so much to be enjoyed uh, hmm. in it, and it's so it's so worth it. You know, I think I, when I first came to live here, there were. Uh, this would be the 80s, you know, still under communism. And I met a few ladies who'd married Czech pilots during the war yep. and come to live here. Maybe two or three, uh, uh, yeah, I remember. And none of them had really learned Czech that mm -hmm. well. And mm -hmm. I think if you, if you let it slide for a few yep. years, then you pass a point of no return. And you never really learn it properly. Right, right. And I think it's much worse now because back then, when you came, mm. let's be honest, nobody was really learning English. We were learning Russian here. This was compulsory. It was a yeah. compulsory language. We didn't have t English teachers. So yeah. um, it's different now because if you come to this country as an Englishman or an English woman or um, any other native speaker of the English language, then... Mm. And you go to Prague or Brno or one of these bigger cities or even smaller smaller towns, in, inevitably there will be enough people speaking English, so you will just you will get by with uh, with English, and 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 it happens more often than not, doesn't it? But yeah. back then it must have been really different because you it was like you were th thrown in. Uh, what's the expression? Thrown in at at the deep uh, end, the deep right? End. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and you know the other thing that I think helped me though is that um, although 
Kiev is a small town. It's got a population of about, I'm guessing, 11, 12,000. It's not a big place. So uh, in one sense, I uh, I was kind of, I stuck out like a sore thumb, to use the <laughs> idiom. But yeah. in, a, in another way, people, because people know one another in small towns, people got used to me really quickly. And they just started talking to me in Czech. And I mean, I can remember in the first year I was here, I'd bump into somebody and they'd be very well-meaning and they'd start spouting all this stuff about their families and their vineyards and their beehives and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and I didn't know what the heck they were talking about. But I eventually it, it got to the point where I did, you know. You know, you just have to... You just have to ride it out, you know. Mm. I think these are like fantastic general learning tips, really. Mm. Um, that yeah. anyone anyone learning any language can apply, and yeah. Um, yeah so so um, you made it, so to speak, I when did, it comes yeah. to the language. And now you are, we could say, you're bilingual, and and your Czech for me, it's it's a it's very strong C two level, yeah. So, okay. so I just want to ask you. So, obviously, you said now you are kind of working in the UK, but you're you're about to go back to the Czech Republic. So, I I've got this problem a little bit myself because I've get, I've lived in the UK twice already, mm. and um, it's the feeling of being a little bit torn. Do you do? Are you yeah. experiencing something like that as well, or or not so much? Um, it, it, that's a very interesting question because uh, what I do find, uh, and, and I've now been living back in the UK for 10 years, actually, um, when I went to live back in the UK after all this time in Central Europe, because that included five years in Germany at, yeah. at near Lake Constance, so it was just very Central European. Uh, and what I do find back in the UK is that I feel, although it's my home, I feel quite out of place there culturally in some ways. Because I think looking back, partly maybe because my dad was a Francophile and he loved traveling, um, I think I, I always felt that I was a Brit, but a European Brit. Yeah. And now uh, to be a European Brit is a bit difficult. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought we, I thought we would make it without mentioning the B word. The B here word. We, yeah. Here we, here we go again. We have to talk yeah. about Brexit here. <laughs> well, uh, I, I don't know that we have to, but I know what you mean. Um, I'm just, I'm just joking. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I think um, it, it's. Uh, I don't know. I, I just think that it's, it's not going to help anybody in the end. You know. Um, and I know, I think that to be completely frank, I think that people who voted either for or against were voting mainly emotionally rather than pragmatically. I think that's true of both sides. Um, but the yeah. thing that I compare the Brexit uh, campaign with is the campaign that went on uh, a bit before that for Scottish independence, mm. because my son was at Glasgow University when that was all going on. And the thing that really struck me about the, um, the, the run-up to the referendum in Scotland was that the, the quality of the debate was just a thousand times better on both sides. Mm. Mm. You know, people were actually giving reasoned arguments yeah. for Did or against. And in the Brexit campaign, it was just, it, it was just so primitive. Do you know so what? I, I, I'm afraid this is some sort of trend across the whole world. And mm. I have got my own, I don't know, if it's conspiracy theory or something like mm. that. I think it's to do with the modern technology and with the fact that people's attention span is shorter and shorter. And mm. if you really want to attract someone's attention, you have to make a, a quick catchy snappy video and it's, you yeah. have three seconds to convince someone yeah. and the more emotional it is obviously the more mm. you're likely to respond to it or click it and that this is exactly the same the advertising works and all that the marketing and and i think it's all connected because we are just different now because they, we have got so many what's the word for it um so so many distractions so many distractions on so yeah. many things to look at the, the mobile phone screens our laptop mm. 
the advertising everywhere, it's just like inevitable that you don't... And what's happening, obviously, is the echo... So we've got the echo chambers, we've got the post-truth, yeah? So people are no longer interested in facts. Yeah. No. <laughs> all that, I think it's all all connected in my opinion it is, you know it is absolutely i think the the uh, it was already happening i think by the 80s um that people were becoming addicted to being entertained and to yeah. having other people prepackage mm. ideas for them yeah and and once you get into that habit i mean let's face it thinking for us thinking for oneself is not a comfortable thing it's tiring. <laughs> it's tiring, and you have to you have to take responsibility for your own thoughts. Yeah, you know, um, you know. I think this is one of the one of the appeals of the conspiracy theory kind of market that you can sort of ad you can adopt the moral high ground without actually mm. having to make any of the effort, and it's yeah. very appealing. Very appealing. Yeah, mm. I was yeah, just reading true. today that Brexit has probably cost the UK already. 54 billion pounds. Hmm. Hmm. I think what you could have done with 54 billion pounds. Yeah. Now, obviously, it's 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 hard to sort of. It's hard to just blame Brexit, yeah, on on everything because oh, now obviously we have COVID, so if, uh, COVID people are well. COVID and the and the and the and the war and the war, so it it yeah. will all um, have some sort of implica implica implications. Yeah cost of fuel so it's it will be really def difficult to sort of com compartmentalize it to sort of analyze it and 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 find what the real um reasons for something happening are because it's all kind of blended into this one thing right and okay. it will be easy to for for Boris Johnson's government for conservatives to, to sort of point the finger at something else you know that's that's yeah that's my that's my worry yeah yeah I, th I think the, the UK is also not, in terms of its infrastructure, the UK is not well positioned for people on modest or low incomes. Yeah. You know, just if I compare things, the cost of just getting about in the UK is, is 10 times what it is here. So when you, you say know. getting about, you mean actually uh, using just public, tra from, transpo yeah, public yeah, transport and... Mm. Yeah, I mean, for, well, for one thing, in uh, there are many parts of the UK where there's virtually no public transport. Okay. You know, if you, ta if you take a, a town like Kiosk, there's a bus station with like 16 yeah. stands on it and you can get anywhere. You can yeah. get anywhere here. That's yeah. not the case in, in rural towns in the UK anymore. Now, I've got really my own share of experience uh, getting around in, in London and... All I can tell is that it is it is bloody bloody expensive in it. Expensive in it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like I, if I just give you one simple comparison, if I go on a day return to London from Ascot, which is just under one hour on the train, it's about thirteen pounds, hmm. right? Uh, and if I go from here to Uherske Hradiště, which is a similar distance, um. It's uh, two pounds. Mm -hmm. Well, it used to be that the standards of living were so different, and 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 um, um, the Czech currency was so much like so much less powerful than co yeah. in comparison in comparison with uh, the British pound sterling. But now it's not the difference is not so so uh, striking or so so big. So. Uh, yeah. I think uh, it's it's a real issue, as you say, for for um, uh, working class people or people who are on the on the verge of poverty. Yeah, yeah. So. There's a lot of people. More and more people are sliding into poverty now. Even even people who are in full time work. Hmm. You know, it's a real it's a real issue. Um, you know, so it's it's not funny, it's, and uh, no. it, it, I think everything's sort of come in at once. There's the cost of Brexit, there's the pandemic, and now there's the cost of fuel. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, yeah. So, so, so if we if we go back to our original question, so so do you feel more more Czech or or, or British? Because now you are kind of both. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's how I feel actually. Uh, uh, 
I feel, I mean, when I'm, when I'm here now, I mean, it's my home. Uh, I've got my son. I had my son here. I've got friends here I've had for 30 odd years. So it feels very much like a second home. And um, I mean, um, the, uh, the, yes, as I say, I mean, there are things, there are things in England that I love and that I will miss. But in general, I feel, um, I just feel here that I have a, I can have a richer life um, mm. for even on a modest income, mm, mm, mm. you know, uh, you know, things like theatre tickets are not yeah. as expensive or, uh, you know, that we have a classical concert society here in Kiev. We have, you know, that we've got, a, you know, quartets coming and I know that isn't everybody's cup of tea, but it's mine. And, um, you know, I like I like Moravian folk music a lot. And I, it, the, you, everything is just there for you. Art mm -hmm. exhibitions that are free. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so, so sort of cultural cultural life is appealing to you here. Very much yeah. so. Yes, I like that feeling of, and I like the feeling of culture being part of everyday life and not just mm -hmm. for rich people. Yeah, I see what you mean. Shall we shall we include uh, Moravian wine in that uh, category? Totally, well? <laughs> and Czech beer. I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, okay, Claire. I think it's time to talk about your profession as well because I I, okay. I don't know how it happened but we haven't really said anything about that yet and I think it's extremely important because we okay. ha happen to be colleagues yeah yes, uh, we we, you, you're an English teacher like me um, yeah. so so um, like I said you came here or you said it actually first you came here during communism and then nobody was really learning English so did you were you an English teacher when you came or Yes, uh, I taught. Uh, I taught at the Kiev Gymnasium for a while. Okay. Uh, I had two sessions there. Uh, I taught at uh, Brno at Masarykova Universita uh, mm. for a, a couple of years. So at the Department of English and American Studies, um, I also taught private courses. Um, some individuals, but I taught local uh, adults, local companies, so that sort of level. Um, people who need English for business communication. Yeah. Um, and um, most recently, uh, I'm te I've been teaching English online, and mm -hmm. uh, that started in the pandemic. Yeah. Um, But some of some of my online teaching will be permanently online because, for example, I teach uh, I teach uh, students in China. So I have some online students in China through an agency in Beijing. Mm. Um, so uh, so that's quite interesting. It's a, it's it's a, every type of person you teach, you learn something different about how to how to do it and what the needs are. So yeah. that's interesting. And then uh, for for one year, I also taught at a primary school here in the Czech Republic. So I've pretty much taught every age group. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. One way and you or mentioned, another. You mentioned online teaching. And for those of you who are watching this as a video, because not only is this, uh, is this a podcast, ladies and gentlemen, we are also recording it as a video for uh, Teachers Danik YouTube channel. For those of you who can see us, in the flesh, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I have put up on the screen uh, Claire's website. So what will um, the viewers find there, Claire, when they when they click Claire, Bre uh, Claire Blanchardbooks.com? Well, that they will, there they will find. That is actually the website of me in the parallel universe of me <laughs> as, a, as a writer, uh, because I also write, um, I also write fiction. Oh, so uh, you're, you're like uh, K J.K. Rowling, yeah? Or? Sort of, yes. I mean, yeah, yes. Okay. yes. Uh, so I, I wrote, uh, I wrote a, well, I've written a couple of things, but the the one that's been published is a murder mystery uh, mm. set in this locality, so sort of Slovatsko. Uh, so When you say this locality, like in uh, so southern, where, yes, southern where I am. Yes, it's set okay. in a fictitious town 
in Slovatsko, which is Moravian Slovakia. So, okay. uh, yeah, I don't know how good. much, I don't know to what extent I can ask you about the plot because that would be like a spoiler, yeah? Well, but, I can um, tell you a little bit. I mean, it, okay. it, it's basically, um, uh, the story revolves around um, the, the, the mayor of this fictitious town uh, is found dead in his own wine cellar oh. uh, in, the, in the small hours of the morning, uh, having just celebrated his 57th birthday mm -hmm. and uh, and two detectives from the local force are called in and um, there seems to be quite a lot of pressure on them to say that he died of a heart attack mm. um, uh, but and without giving too much away uh, one of the detectives decides that that's not going to fly that there was foul play <laughs> Mm. So, uh, so uh, the 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 rest of the book is what follows. But the the um, <clears throat> first of all, I wanted to write something in English that was set in this part of the world because I thought that would yep. be something interesting. And secondly, I wanted I wanted to to write a different kind of noir fiction. You know that there's a Scandi yep. noir, Scandinavian noir, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I kind of thought that the that um, Moravian noir would have to include the history of the country. Mm -hmm. So uh, by which I mean the communist history and the Nazi right. history. So it is set. So where? So is it set in time wise? Is it set in in the present day? In the, in present, the present day, day. But, but but there are some uh, allusions or some references yes. to to those times. Yeah. Yes. So it, it, you know, there, uh, without going into too much detail, there is a dark history uh, to the family involved, and um, it's pretty dark, actually. Um, I like so, that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. You're selling yeah. it to me. You're selling it good. to me. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Yeah. So, uh, so that's uh, one incarnation of Claire Blanchard. This Claire Blanchard <laughs> book. And the the um, my other business, the the tutoring business, is called Smart for Life. Smart for Life. Okay. Smart for so, Life. So, so what's that about then? How is that different? Well, Smart for Life is basically my uh, my alter ego as an English tutor. Um, so Smart for Life Academy, that is. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, and this it's Smart Four is the four is a number. Anyway, I'll, we can sort it out afterwards. Um, so uh, I, I um, have a couple of free courses on there. Um, I've just, it's really quite new. I haven't developed it all that much. Um, and I've got a couple of things that are there available for free. Uh, so people can try out and see what I've got to offer in terms of tutoring. Uh, my niche market, rather like you are the football man, uh, I'm I'm the uh, academic essay writing person, but uh, again, my repertoire extends to what people need. But I specialize in teaching people how to write for academic purposes. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, so, so, um, so basically, if, if someone is, ladies and gentlemen, if some some of you are struggling with uh, writing a good IELTS essay, or or yeah. if you need need to write your PhD. Uh, Claire yeah. is the is the person to to uh, I'm your con girl. Con yeah. contact. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So yeah. you have got um, there's this um, a free course that you're offering to people, and all yeah. you're asking for is their email. And so if they if they provide their email, you will send them this this free course where they can learn uh, the basics on how to write a good essay. Right. Yeah. Yes, it's a step-by-step -step, uh, uh, course, and uh, at the end of the course, there's a bonus uh, lesson where, I, where, which is a recording of a tutorial I did with uh, a psychology student in London mm -hmm. um, about an essay that she had written a draft of, mm -hmm. and uh, how she could improve it. Um, and it's it's a sort of composite of where I feel most pe most people tend to have problems. So the first one being um, actually answering the question that was given rather than the question they would like to 
been given. Uh, you know, it's it's actually quite the, the 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 toughest thing actually is is deciding what to leave out. Mm. It's like it as we, it is with a lot of things. It sounds like my life, Claire. <laughs> yes, I, I think there could be yeah there could be there could be something in that. So it is all about focus, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a that's why they call it a discipline because it. Yeah, so, sometimes I'm all over the place. I spread myself too thin, and uh, my attention is is divided amongst uh, all sorts of things. <laughs> yes, yes. I, yeah. I think this is a common problem with people. Anybody who's entrepreneurial or creative, mm. it, it, you, you become a bit of a magpie if you're not careful. <laughs> and I, I find I, I see something. I'll, oh, right, yeah, I'll have that. And and, uh, <laughs> and then I think, hang on, I'm just spread way too thin, and none of this is actually, or very little of it, is actually getting me to where I want to go. Hmm. So, uh, for example, I deliberately restrict myself on social media. I I don't have a presence on all social media. Um, so I'm smart, current... sm- smart woman. Well, <laughs> it, 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 you can literally drive yourself crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're in the process of that happening right now. So I know exactly what you're talking about, Claire. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I've decided that for my purposes, I'm po- fo- I focus on LinkedIn and Facebook, mm. and I don't really bother with much else. Mm. And that's quite enough for me. That's where um, we met on LinkedIn. Actually. We did. We did. Yeah. Yes. It, you know, and different. It depends on the kind of business you've got and the kind of clientele you're looking for. Uh, mm. But, um, you know, it, Facebook has obviously that's it's a whole other hornet's nest. Uh, some of it is just awful, you know, but some yeah. of it is really good. Um, so uh, that's how I do it. Um, mm. So so this writing course, uh, the, mm. the, the how to write a good essay, um, that's something that any of my listeners can uh, get. For free, yeah, and for they free. will find it on Smart Four Number Four, not four mm. spelt out, but Number Four uh, Life dot Academy. That's right. Yes, and if you just go onto the courses page, it's it's there. There are two free courses. I've yeah. I've also got a free goal setting course, which you might like to have a look at. Um, so, uh, but it that's quite generic. Um, mm. It might it's. I think probably that needs developing into something a bit more specific. Um, but the essay writing course, I'm really keen for people to download that and give me feedback because yeah. I will be going commercial with it quite soon. And it will go on Udemy probably for something in the region of £20 a shot uh, in, a, in a week or two. So uh, get, get it while you can. <laughs> so it's a unique opportunity to... Get to... Yeah. To get yeah. hold of it before that happens, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. nice. And, uh, yeah, so I'm very happy also to um, to answer questions if people have uh, specific issues with essay writing. It's it's not. I have, I, in all modesty, I have to say, there aren't many people who teach essay writing very effectively these days. Mm-hmm. If you if you go from sort of senior high school level up to university level. Uh, a lot of even very clever students arrive at university struggling with essay writing. Hmm. Yeah, so when I when I was um, <clears throat> doing my Delta, uh, they told us that, that there are two basic approaches to teaching writing. So we are now going to talk teaching, okay. English teaching. Yeah. So hmm. I don't know. Like I'm. I'm. To be honest, I, it's it's my least favorite thing to teach. It it just is. Writing, right. but but I know it's extremely important as well. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have and I've had my sh- fair share of uh, uh, essay corrections as a teacher as well, of course. Of course. Um, but uh, so what what we learned there at the Delta course is that there are two approaches: uh, right. product product and process writing. If, mm-hmm. it, if it rings a bell, so yeah. Um, which so which one which one of these uh, are you? Um, do you subs- do you subscribe to? Shall I shall I explain it to our, our listeners? Yes, maybe maybe just give a definition. If, if, if I, I'm not sure if, if I if I know it that well, but uh, I think one of them is that you have got a model, 
you've got a model like what 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 a good <clears throat> what a good essay should look like right. and you kind of you kind of go from there and then you then you uh, sort of uh, pick out the language and and you you're trying to replicate the model with the students and the other one is mm -hmm. um that, that that's the mo uh, that's the product writing i believe and then you have got the process writing which mm -hmm. is um, you let the student, I, I hope I'm saying this right, by the way. Okay. If there are teachers listening to this and I'm not saying this right, please uh, feel free to uh, uh, give me a stick for this. And uh, the process one is that uh, you let the students write something and then you sort of analyze it and, and you, dis you, you, you kind of focus on what's, what's really necessary. Like you, you focus on, on the problems at hand and then you kind of deal with that. It's, does it make any okay. sense? Yeah, I think it it, it does. Make, it makes perfect sense. Uh, I think the way I would respond to that is that it depends what kind of writing you're doing, because if you're doing a creative essay, which can mm. be an assignment in a, within an exam, then uh, then you don't want to get your students so bogged down in a preconceived format. Yeah. that they can't just let something happen. Um, but if, in, if you're teaching an academic type of writing uh, where you get a specific question, uh, I, I often use an example from history, what were the causes of World War II? It's a typical yeah. you know, GCSE essay question in mm -hmm. history. Then uh, you, you have to have there... A, a scaffolding or a, a sort of framework and you know that you're going to in your introduction you know you're going to redefine the question mm -hmm. and and explain how you propose to answer it then in your middle section you're actually going to answer it with your detail and then in your conclusion you're going to refer back to it yeah. and if you if you've got that in an academic essay then you can't actually go very far wrong Mm -hmm. There's a there's a clear structure, and I think it's quite yeah. similar. If any of you are familiar with the uh, quite mm, popular, um, or let's say, mm, in, inf infamous for some, uh, mm. IELTS Academic, yeah, IELTS, IELTS Academic. So there are two tasks, and the first one, especially the first one, is very very specific indeed. Yeah, it's 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 where you are asked to describe a graph. And that is very formulaic. So whenever I taught that, I, I for mm -hmm. example, I, I had some classes at at Speaker London um, uh, when I was living in the UK, and I, I whenever I taught that, that that gave me the impression that this is the one that really helps if you if you give your students some kind of model. Yes. And and just because it's very formulaic, and it, it, once you kind of get the hang of the formula. You can't really go wrong with it. No. You just, you just, you just. The, the vocabulary is is clear, obvious. The the, mm. the the grammar you use is is always the same. Yeah. Yeah. So there's not much space for creativity, creativity, and no. it's not really desired in any way. No, I think the the uh, I feel that good writing is always purpose driven. So you need to know what you're writing it for and who you're writing it for. And that will help you to decide on your structure. And it will also help you to decide on the kind of language you do. Mm. There, to me, there are two big problems that students have with writing. One is not answering the question. Yeah. Right. And the other is not pitching the style and the register correctly because mm. they haven't actually thought what is this for and who is it for? Do you know what? I really like you you mentioning this because if we look at the criteria that mm. um, Cambridge um, sets mm. for, for, for essay writing, when, when it, whether, whether we are talking about the, uh, um, whichever exam we are talking about, the FCE, CAE, uh, CPE, or even IELTS, there are four criteria and people might have the wrong impression that writing it's about it's just about grammar and vocabulary yeah that's i think it's most people's thinking but yes. you know mm. what the, the, there are four i don't know four criteria i guess mm. and and when you mentioned answering the question it's one criterion so if yeah. you get that right yeah 
He can get so many points. Yeah, and then yeah. And another one is is using the right register. So so f- mm. the level of formality, yes. right? Yes. It's, it's and structure and all that. So it's not just about the language. No, it's not. I mean, if I if I go back to my sort of stock uh, history question, uh, what were the causes of World War II? Um, especially if candidates are nervous and they they feel that they want to produce some quantity they will interpret that question. You know how you go into a kind of short circuit when you're a bit nervous? Always. They will will, uh, interpret that question to mean write everything you know about World War II. Mm -hmm. And so they will actually, they'll splurge masses of material onto the page, but very little of it will be relevant uh, to, you know, say it's not answering the question. And it's, it's partly... And I'll, this is my other hobby horse. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it's partly also because people don't read as much as they yeah. did when I was young. So if you if you read a lot, you you learn how to recognise core ideas, and mm. then you le- you learn how to reproduce them. And I, I can prove this because my own son only had eighteen months worth of education in English at school. And yet he scored an 8.5 in IELTS when he went to Glasgow. That's more than me. <laughs> I, yeah, I, scored, I, mean, I scored eight. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not surprised. But, <laughs> but um, so he was, he, he'd, he'd not had formal schooling in English mm. since he was six and a half. But mm. what he's always done right the way through his childhood, he's a voracious reader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is quite quite the opposite of me. Yeah, because I don't read yeah. much. I just I just listen so much. I'm a massive fan of podcasts. Right. Yeah, but when it, when it comes to reading, and I, I've, I've got a cousin who is who is an avid reader himself, mm. and and so we 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 grew up together. Yeah, mm. we lived in under one household, and he always read, and I always just played games or listened to something. So it's just for me I'm I'm this impatient kind of person and it's it's just like mm. I I grow tired like when I, I I have read things in my life of course yeah don't get me yeah. wrong but I don't yeah. read as much and I know it's a, it's a shame I know it but it's just it's not you I, I just it's it makes me fall asleep when I yeah. read Yeah well that's fair enough <laughs> but you but the the thing is if you're a podcast fan then you yeah. are constantly absorbing the language and thinking in the language. I mean, I yeah. can tell when I'm speaking to you that I'm speaking to someone who is thinking in English. When you're that's the idea. That's the, that's the idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you can't take that for granted because a lot of people. Uh, well, what I'm saying is, you have to be pretty proficient in the mm. language yeah. to think in it. And I can I ask you something because it really interests me. This. Go ahead. Um, do you find that when you're in either English or Czech that you have a different way of thinking or even yeah. different emotions? Absolutely. Well, I've, and I have explored this topic on this podcast already. You? you are a different person completely. Oh. Mm. Yeah, it's, mm. it's, it's different, yeah. It of course. Of course. So wasn't it Masaryk who said, "Kolikrat It's a, it's a, it's a famous, it's a famous Czech. I can't remember. Uh, kind of, kind but kind he, of saying, basically, yeah. yeah, basically we, saying that the number of, in however many languages you speak, that's how many people you are. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's kind of means that you you can be uh, different personalities, but you're one person, but. Uh, kind of more you have kind of more personalities yeah, yeah. It, it, you you actually take on a different personality with a different language yeah, yeah I, I find that absolutely fascinating yeah you know. me too me too and it's, it's that, that that's why i also find fascinating having you on this on these podcasts because it's it's really interesting to see because mm. mm. like we say we say this that we are a different personality but mm. in some respects you're you're claire and you were you were claire when we talk Czech 14 days ago on my Czech podcast yeah. and in some respect you are still the same person yeah so it's it's really interesting this yeah yeah but also the there's a sort of continuation of that thought which is that if you can 
if you can get to a level of proficiency in a language where you're aware of a different persona, then it you you have a much wider understanding of other mm. people. Uh, I, in in the positive and the negative. I can tell you something, yeah. So uh, because of becoming an English teacher, I have learned to be more open-minded as a person. Mm. Mm. And I'm really, I'm really happy that, that this is the way I see it, because especially because of teaching uh, a lot of um, international students, a lot of because the thing is, like, you may have a lot of Czech teachers here in the Czech Republic who who just mm. ch teach Czech people because they work uh, for a state school or something, or they have yeah. private students, and all of them are Czech. But mm -hmm. that's not that's that's I I like to I like to teach all sorts of different nationalities, and I, I feel like it it, ma it makes my my job ri richer and and more yeah. more in intriguing and and fascinating and and. Uh, that's that's what that's what I, I I don't know what my original point was, but uh, oh yeah, it, it, I think it, it's uh, it made me more open-minded. Yes, yeah, definitely. You you have a greater understanding and a greater empathy for other people. Mm. I think you know, yep. and also you um, there's just such richness in another language. You know, um, it, it's. Uh, it, it's fascinating. I love I love Czech fairy tales. I love reading Czech stories, and uh, uh, I just uh, I I love it. I love getting my every week. I'm a subscriber to Respect uh, mm. magazine, which I can get online, obviously, when I'm in the UK, and I just um, it just sort of brings me back into that world, you know, yeah. of, of of the Czech Republic, and it is different. Mm. Mm different way of looking at things oh that's fantastic yeah. <laughs> you see us as czech people we are not always that patriotic but it's let's be honest it's nice when someone talks so nicely about about mm. your 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 country yeah thank yeah. thanks thanks for that yeah. uh, Claire. Yeah, i love it i love it uh, personally i can say all the best about about your country and your people because i just i just i love it too and it's it's a little bit different uh, and it's it's great especially if, my number one thing that I admire about you is the humor. It's just yeah, mm. yeah. No, I think the 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 British sense of humor actually, and the Czechs and the Czechs have a tremendous sense of humor. Mm. I think I think it's it's actually a kind of uh, medicine, a kind of saving grace <laughs> in some ways. Yeah. Um, uh, the ability to laugh at oneself is hugely important. Um, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh, once you kind of um, get close to it, what's the expression? Once you uh, get into it, yeah, dive into British humor and you learn to understand it and learn to appreciate it, mm. I, it's just anything else. Don't I, any anything else I watch? I don't I don't find it as funny anymore. So so yeah. I I might laugh at at at. Um, and a joke by an American or if there's an American comedy. But to be honest, like when I look at um, The Office, for example, yeah? yeah, like there's there's the British version of The Office with Ricky Gervais yeah. and, the, and then there's the American one. And I enjoyed them both, but 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 I definitely enjoyed the British one more. Yeah. It just it, it just the way it is. It's just the humor is more like subtle, or I don't know. I can't explain it. It's, it's more, also as you got say, more, more edge. It's got more edge, more it, self-deprecation yeah. and all that. Mm. And and whereas the let's say uh, the American humor, it's more like uh, it's like la about, about laughing out loud and like ob like more universal. The humor is kind of more universal, more like slapstick, you know. Yeah, it's the, uh, I don't think American culture really does irony in the way that yeah. Europeans do it. I think irony is a kind of old world phenomenon. <laughs> you know, yeah, sar sar uh, sarcasm as well. Even though we have yeah. Sheld Sh Sheldon Cooper was quite good though. Sheldon Cooper from Sheldon's the Big Bang no, no, the yeah. Big Bang Theory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Sheldon's great. Sheldon's, yeah, yeah. Let's let's give him that. Yeah, well, Sheldon's Sheldon's great. Uh, yeah, it's quite grown up. Sheldon's humour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. All right. But, yeah, but do do you know some of the 
um, old shows of the 70s. I think in on yep. TV, the old shows of the 70s. Um, uh, I, I love do. MASH. I do, yeah. If we're talking about American humor, I love the MASH series. MASH, the, the one about the Korean War, yeah. Yes, it's brilliant. Um, yeah. And uh, of the UK ones, I'm a big fan of Rising Damp. Mm, I have to look into that. Oh, you'll yeah. love it. You can get it on YouTube. Okay. It's so old now that it, it's up past the franchise. It doesn't matter. For example, I, I really, I really enjoyed uh, Mind Your Language. Yeah, I don't that's... know that one. Oh, you're gonna love it. Uh, yeah, mind your it language. may it may seem a little bit. It's not really a racist, but let's say you couldn't do this now. Like you couldn't. Oh no, You couldn't do this now. So you know, if you look at Rising Damp. It's yeah. set in a boarding in a boarding house in the north of England, and the landlord is a complete racist bigot. Yeah. I mean, it's just he's awful. I mean, but it's terribly funny. Yeah, know? yeah. Mind your language. Uh, if you have never seen it, never you, seen you, it, you're gonna love it because it is about an English teacher. Uh, it is. It, you, we don't get many TV shows about English teachers, do we? So it is about an English yeah. teacher teaching a group of students at a, at a school in London. And, mm. and, and oh, it's so funny. It's like he makes fun. Like there are st make, making, make fun of stereotypes and all those things. You have different students from different nationalities. And it's a lot of like teacher humor that you, you're going you, to get it more as, as someone who is a teacher too. You're going to like um, identify more with the, or it, uh, the, the, the main character will relate, you will relate to the main character more as a teacher, I think. It's also on YouTube, also on YouTube. My, okay, my I'll, definitely, I'll definitely take a look at that, Zinnick, because I'm, I'm always up for humor. Yeah, okay, great. Always um, up for humor. And then there's this one, Forty Towers. That's Love a good it. one. That's mm. a good one, yeah. That's really interesting because um, you know that John Cleese, who's the main character, Basil Fawlty, mm -hmm. he came to that after Monty Python, mm -hmm. which was a kind of pioneering comedy at the time. And everybody asked, or people were critical of him for going into a sitcom yeah. out of Monty Python. But it is absolutely timeless in its humour. You know, and I, I, do, I love Faulty Towers. Yeah, it's so so funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just love it. It, you, it's one of those things you could just watch over and over. Uh, one more recent show that I really like is Frasier. No, oh, okay. Is that is that a comedy too, or? Yeah, it's a it's a sitcom uh, set in Seattle. Okay. Um, and it's it's twenty years old now. I think it's a nineties one, uh, but it it ran for I think. 11 years, uh, very good writing, mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> very specific somehow, uh, but the character, it's really character-driven comedy, really character-driven comedy. Yeah, when it so, comes to the more recent ones, I've always been a massive fan of Black Books. Oh, love uh, it. Yeah, Black could, Books could, I, could, I could never get enough of that. I, I can't no, remember how, how, how many times I have seen the whole show. Yeah, no, I love it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yes, I love that. Yeah, that's also a favorite of mine. Yeah. 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 Nice. So hopefully our listeners uh, and viewers might um, have written down a few few of these shows and might check them out themselves because I think they, they are these shows are worth it. Thank you very yeah. much, uh, Claire, for for everything and for for um, your story, for sharing your story with us on on this podcast and um yeah, I hope it's not the last time I talk to you here. Is there? No. Do you think is is, is, there, is there anything we we should say? Uh, is there? Do you have uh, any last words or anything like that? Uh, well, no. I mean, I just wanted to say thank you for the opportunity to to be on the show in English because it was it was it was nice to do it in Czech, but this is different again, and uh, mm -hmm. it was great. And uh, I'd very much like to uh, maybe in a, a future podcast talk about in more detail about the English side of thing, you know, the teaching, yep. um, you know, and, and there are, there, I mean, we've discovered that there are other topics we have in common that we could also talk about uh, it, depending on your interest, but um, you know, it's been great fun and uh, really enjoyable. 
So, well, I'm glad, so glad to that. hear that. And yeah. The, the pleasure is all mine. And uh, you're always welcome on this podcast whenever there is an interesting thing to discuss. Right. You'll be one of the one of the first people uh, on the list to invite. Thank you. That's really great. And I'll, I'll look forward to that. Okay. Likewise. Likewise. So um, have, a, have a good one, Claire. And, um, and you. And all, you. All, all, all the best with, uh, with your teaching, with the courses. Thank you. And, yeah. And uh, when you are in the Czech Republic, uh, and you're, I wanted to say fly when you are on the plane, <laughs> yeah. flying across my town because uh, you, you, you are more to the east than me. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you could wave from the plane, but I don't I think. Do, that. Uh, do, I do planes? Uh, is there an airport in? Uh, is there an airport in Brno? Right, uh, there is yes, one. Brno's right? the yeah, nearest. Yeah, yeah. yeah Brno is yeah, the yeah. nearest. Yeah, good old Ryanair from Stansted. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Thank you for watching, and thank, thank you, you for for being on the podcast, Claire. Until Huge next pleasure. time. Until next time, bye-bye for now. Bye. 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 Thanks a lot for listening. For more information, go to Zdenek's English Podcast Facebook group or visit zdenek'senglishpodcast.podbean.com Would you like to become more confident and fluent in English? Would you like to practice speaking regularly with international friends? Would you like to develop your communication skills? Would you like to get more exposure to English and great new routines which are bound to increase your English level? If your answers are yes, yes, yes and yes, then you should join the Achievers Chamber Discord group and take part in regular events and group lessons with me, Teachers Denek and other members. In this brilliant and growing community, we have members at B1, B2, C1 and even C2 level. There are three different tiers of membership to choose from, basic, silver and gold, depending on your budget. Our members are from eight different countries. Bear in mind that most events and lessons take place in the evening of Central European time. For more details about the benefits of the membership and instructions on how to join, head over to teachersdenek.com.